Light over darkness. That's the title of my message, Exposing Demonic Influence. I want us to go to the book of Mark chapter 1, and we're going to start reading from verse number 21. We're speaking on a topic entitled, Light Over Darkness. And in this message, if I'm not able to finish it today, I believe I'll pick up. Uh, uh, but we are going to expose demonic influence. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. Mark chapter number 1 from verse 21. Have you found it? And they entered into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he went into the synagogue and began to teach. What did he do when he got into the synagogue? He began to teach. The teaching of the word of God is so important. Why? Because faith cometh. By hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is one thing that is consistent in the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus came into a place and he noticed the people were in doubt and unbelief, Jesus will begin to teach. Because the only way to get rid of doubt and unbelief is to sow the word of God into the people. When you put the word into the people, the word will pick them up. People talk about pick yourself up. I'm here to tell you the word of God is going to pick you up. Amen. It doesn't matter where you are today. It doesn't matter what the devil has accomplished in your life already. I'm here to tell you that when you let the word of God come into you, the word of God will pick you up and the word of God will dust you up and the word of God will set your feet on a path that you must follow. That is the reason why one of the most important things we do in the church is the preaching and the teaching of the word. We want to make sure that we emphasize on the word of God. We emphasize on the word. The Bible says God has exalted his word above his name. And if God has exalted his word, then we must also exalt the word of God in every service. Can someone shout hallelujah? People say, oh, they're preaching too much, you're teaching too long. Listen, this is what is going to create the spiritual stamina that you need in this day and time. People are losing it. And if you allow the word of God coming to you, the word of God will keep you through the season that the world has come into. Jesus said in the book of Re Revelation, those that endure to the end shall be saved. And I'm telling you, we are not going to endure to the end because we are resolute in our minds. We are going to endure to the end because we allow the word of God to carry us. Amen. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Your word is a light unto my feet. Your word is a lamp unto my path. It is the word of God that carries his people. That is the reason why we preach the truth and we preach it with fire and we preach it with passion. So Jesus went into the synagogue, and what did he do? He taught them. What did he do? He taught them. When you want to bring people to the level that God wants them to come to, you can only do it by the teaching and the preaching of the word of God. What did Paul say in Romans 1.16? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to all of them that believe, first to the Jews and then to the Greeks. What is the power of God unto salvation? The gospel. What is the gospel? The preaching of God's news. That's the gospel. The gospel is good news. 
A lot of places, they want to do all kinds of games and gimmicks. They think that games bring people to church. Now, games can bring people to church, but games don't keep people in church. You can do all kinds of games to bring people into the church and grow the church. But I'm telling you, when the going gets tough, games don't keep people. You can play all kinds of games. I'm not against games. I'm not against picnics. I'm not against all those stuff. But those things can only bring people to church but cannot keep them. What keeps people is the word. Come on now, shout hallelujah. That is why we must endeavor to preach the word. Paul wrote to his son in the faith, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, and exhort with all long suffering. The Bible says the time is coming when they shall not listen. The time is coming when they shall heap up for themselves teachers that will tickle their ears. But when you come into this place, we are not going to tickle your ears. We are going to tell you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, God. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to preach it. We're going to teach it. Come on now, say amen. amen. We're going to declare it. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Because the word of God is going to keep us. The word is going to keep us. Amen. Praise the Lord. So Jesus went into the synagogue and he began to teach. We must sit and listen to what God wants to say. Praise God. Just like I said, people think, oh, all these things will keep people in church. If we do games, you know, if we do all these activities, people will come to our church. Yes, they will come. I'm not against using different baits to catch fish. But at the end of the day, when you've caught the fish, you don't use baits anymore. When you've caught the fish, you need to clean the fish up and cook it and eat it. Come on, I say amen. It's a whole different ball game when the fish has been caught. You don't throw in the line any longer. You don't use games. You don't use bait when the fish is already in the pot. You clean the fish. And when people come into the house of God, the word of God is what will cleanse them. Jesus said you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. It is a word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way? By giving heed unto thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It is the word of God that is going to keep you. My son, keep my word in the middle of thy heart. Come on now, say amen. amen. Praise God, because the word of God is what keeps us. When we allow the word of God come into us, the word of God will keep us free. First and foremost, it sets us free. And secondly, it keeps us free. God does not just want to set you free. God also wants to keep you free. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. There are stories of people that received a miracle from God. And months later or years later, the devil comes and steals their miracle. Because they received the miracle, but they do not have the word that will keep that miracle. You can read your Bible. There are stories of people that God blessed. And the devil came and tried to steal what God gave to them. You know the story of the woman, I believe it's the book of Second Kings, the woman, the wealthy woman who took care of Elisha. And took care of Elisha, built him a place and then put a table and a lamp in the room. And whenever Elisha would come by, Elisha would stay there. One day Elisha said, something must be done for this woman. For she painstakingly takes care of me. 
the anointing in the man of God was stirred up. And the man of God said to his servant, I want you to call the woman in because something must be done for her. You know the story. Cut a long story short, Elisha said to her the second time, because the first time the woman said, I am amongst my people, I don't need anything. Because Elisha said, should I speak to the king for you? The woman is wealthy and influential. She doesn't need you to speak to the king because she can speak to the king if she wants. The woman does not need money because she is rich. But the woman had a need. And the need the woman had was something money could not buy. There are things that money cannot buy. But the grace of God will provide. Come on now somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Elisha said, call the woman in a second time. So the woman comes and she's standing at the door. And Elisha said to her, by this time next year you shall embrace a son. The woman couldn't have a child because her husband was old. What do you do when you have an old husband? You can't have a baby. Sorry. Don't look at me that way in that tone of voice. Like, <laughs> What I'm saying is not a taboo. What I'm saying is the fact. Your husband is old. Unfortunately, cannot happen. But, Elisha, the man of God, speaking under the unction of the Holy Ghost, said to the woman, by this time next year, everyone say this time next year. Can I say something to you? There are some of you right now, by this time next year, you will not even recognize yourself. Great, great shall be the blessing that God is going to bring into your life. You will think you've died and gone to heaven. Even your friends will not recognize you. Your family members will not recognize you. My goodness, you, your life would have taken a totally different turn. And I'm talking about turn in the right direction. Some of you are misdirected right now. God is going to set your feet on a path that will take your life to a whole new place. That at this time, which month are we in? We are in the month of July. July next year, you will be shocked because God shall, shall do great things in your life. And, and great shall be the goodness and the grace and the blessing and the favor and the prosperity and the authority that will come upon your life and when people will look at you they will be amazed because God will be good to you and you are going to see the grace and the goodness and the favor of God in the land of the living everything that has plagued your life will have no business with your life anymore the enemy will not be able to exert upon you the enemy will not be able to exercise dominion and authority over your life because you would have stepped up to a whole new level of dominion and everything that you've been crying for you would have at your disposal and it would not just be enough it would be more than enough if you receive that give the lord a big hand of praise the lord hallelujah hallelujah I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Say this with me. By this time next year, year, everything would have changed. changed. I will pinch myself myself. because I will think I've died and gone to heaven. For great shall be the goodness and the glory and the the favor favor of of God upon my life. If you believe it, shout your loudest amen. Yes! I believe it. I believe it. Look at verse 22. We're still in Mark chapter 1, verse number 22. It says, and they were completely astonished at his teaching. The word astonished is the same word for surprised. 
They were astonished. They were surprised at Jesus' teaching. So the teaching of Jesus was not something that put you to sleep. My God, when Jesus taught the word. In actual fact, in John chapter 1, the Bible makes it very clear that he is the living word. The Bible says, and the word became flesh. The word became what? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made. That was made in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shined in the darkness. And the darkness could not comprehend it. It says, and the word, the word became what? Flesh. And we beheld him. Come on now, you touch this word. The word became flesh and the word dwelt amongst us. And we beheld him because this is the glory of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. So when Jesus taught the word, Jesus was actually pouring himself to the people. Come on and say amen. So the people that were listening to him were amazed. They were astonished at his teaching. This was not just telling people nice words. The Bible is not designed for us to advise people with. Oh, I'm I'm going to advise you. No, this is the word of God. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Praise God. So the word of God is teaching the word of God. Yeah. the, the, The word of God is teaching the word of God. The word of God is pouring himself out into the people. No wonder they were astonished. They were surprised. They said, for he is teaching as one with authority. Oh yes, he had authority. Not as the scribes. So the scribes have been teaching the people and the people could tell the difference when Jesus showed up and taught them. Come on now, say amen. Somebody came to the All-African Conference many years ago, and the young man bumped into me on the street, and he said these words. He said, oh, I did not know. We have a ministry like this in Turkey. He said, I want to change my church. I want to change my church. Because, you see, here is the thing. When you get impacted by the word, When you get impacted by the word, it is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I don't want to sit in a place where the word of God is watered down. I don't want to sit in a place where the man of God has got no revelation. Because it is what I have that I give unto you. Come on now, say amen. I don't want to sit in a place where the man of God just speaks with his head. No, we don't preach from here, we preach from here. Come on now, say amen. Amen. You will know the truth. You will know the truth. You will have intimacy with the truth. The word know is to have intimacy. That's what it means. You will know. You will have intimacy. You will have fellowship with the truth. And the truth you know shall make you free. Are you listening to that? The truth you know. The truth you have fellowship with. Who is the truth? John 14, 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. So Jesus is the truth. So when the Bible says you will know the truth, it means you will have a relationship, a revelation 
personal experience with Jesus. And when you have this personal experience with Jesus, He does something in you. He changes you. And what He has done in you, He will do through you. That's, what, that's really what happens. So when you say, I'm a minister, I'm a man of God. Or, listen, you've got to know the truth. Because the lives of people depend on God's word. There are people sitting here today. They stand on a brink of losing it all. But the word of God comes to you today. And the word of God will bring you out from that place the enemy has placed you. Some people stand on the brink. They stand on the brink of suicide. But the word of God comes to you and says, No, with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Some of you stand on the brink of death. The doctor have given you a bad report. Maybe this cancer. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, by the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. And this Jesus is here to set you free. This Jesus is here to deliver you. This Jesus is here to empower you. This Jesus is here to change your story. Maybe you stand on the brink of a divorce. I want to say to you, your marriage is going to be the sweetest that you've ever known. Because when Jesus was in the marriage at Cana of Galilee, when they ran out of wine. Think about it. They ran out of wine the very first day. You know what wine symbolizes in the Bible? Celebration. So these new couple are supposed to be celebrating the first day. But the first day, celebration is gone. Maybe you've been married for five years and once upon a time, there was celebration. But uh, now there is quarrels and there is all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Can I tell you, celebration returns back today. That amen is very weak. I say celebration. Celebration returns back today. Those that are not married, you're not saying amen, I understand. But those that are married, say amen because celebration returns back today. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. It can still be honeymoon till Jesus returns. Praise God. Don't tell me honeymoon season is over. You can still have another honeymoon. Come on now, say amen. You can enjoy your marriage until the rapture of the church. Thank you for that amen in the back. Hallelujah. Come on now, say amen. Because it is the will of God for you to enjoy all that God has made available to us in Christ Jesus. Come on, say amen. Amen. And all you young people that are not married, enjoy your singleness. Enjoy being single. Enjoy being a bachelor. Praise the Lord. And don't be in a hurry to get married. Marry at the right time. But don't run into it. And when the right time comes, then you do what is right. And the Lord will bless that union. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife, findeth a good thing. Does not say he findeth a bad thing. You find a good thing and you obtain, listen to what it says you obtain. You obtain favor. So all the married men in this place, you have obtained favor from God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh my God, is this clapping? Are you clapping? Are you clapping for me or are you clapping for Jesus? If you have favor, then put your hands together and give Jesus all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. Glory to God. Look at verse number 23. 
Just at that time, there was in their synagogue a man who was in the power of an unclean spirit. There was an unclean spirit. So we understand that this spirit that was tormenting this man was an unclean spirit. Devils are not clean. There's nothing good about them. The Bible says that we should have no business with the unfruitful works of darkness. Devils are dirty. Devils are filthy. There is nothing they do that is clean. That is why we must not have any fellowship with darkness. When the Bible says you are in the world, you are not of the world. That is to say to us that we should not adopt the lifestyle and the ideals of this worldly system. Because the system of this world is against the system of the kingdom of God. And you cannot live in both kingdoms at the same time. This is the reason why the most depressed, unhappy people are Christians that are not living right. I'm telling you right now, they are the most depressed and unhappy people. Why? Because they carry the DNA of righteousness, but they are living unrighteously. And because that DNA of God is in them, they are so frustrated because they don't see the nature of God work in them. The Bible said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It is not food. It is righteousness. Peace. That wants the righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you want to enjoy the kingdom of God, let the nature of God in you live out of you. Are you seeing that? So that is why Christians that are not living right are the most miserable people. But God can help you. And God wants to help you. And bring you out of your misery. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bring you, out of, bring you out of the depression. Come on, say amen. amen. Unclean spirit wasn't this man. And the Bible says, and now immediately he raised a deep and terrible cry from the depths of his throat. Saying, what have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. I'm trying to act. <laughs> what have you to do with us? I can't even do it well. <laughs> Notice it says it's a terrible cry. Terrible. Yeah. Not just a cry, it's a terrible cry. From the depths of his throat. What have you to do with us? <laughs> Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? Notice. One man. Filled with several devils. Us is plural in English. Not singular. But it was a demon speaking on behalf of the others. That is the case in many cases. It is many demons in the person. But it is one that represents them. That one has been. I don't know maybe they had an election. And they decided that this is the spokesperson. 
of all the rest of the demons that live in the man. I mean, if you remember the story of the legion of, uh, the, uh, the legion of, of Gadara, the legion of Gadara, the man who was so demon-possessed that the devils drove the man into the cemetery. Graveyard. See, demons are not clean. Notice, they did not drive the man into a five-star hotel. They did not take the man. No, they took the man into a cemetery. Graveyard, where dead bodies stay. That's how unclean they are. Because, because they are unclean, they are attracted to uncleanness. That's where they took the man to. And the Bible tells us the man will cut himself day and night with sharp objects. And the man is bleeding. And the man is totally naked. Because if you know there was a man like that, you wouldn't want to go through that route. Correct? So I'm sure nobody wanted to go through that route. Because this unclean de demon, this man that is possessed by unclean spirits, is living in that neighborhood. And the Bible says many times they tied the man up, they chained the man, but the man will break it. Because of the strength of the devils that lived in the man. Yeah. Everyone say, but Jesus. Jesus. See, Jesus, is, Jesus makes all the difference. Yeah. I want to say to you, Jesus is going to make the difference in your life today. Yeah. I, I don't know who I'm preaching to. I say, Jesus is going to make the difference in your life today. Yeah. You don't care how messed up your life is. It, does not, it doesn't matter how messed up your life is, what the enemy has accomplished in your life so far. When Jesus Christ shows up on the scene, when Jesus Christ shows up in your family, when, ah, ha, 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 when Jesus Christ shows up in your life, when Jesus Christ comes and touches you with his hand, your life will never ever be the same again. I'm telling you, Jesus is going to get rid of all those devils that are at work in your life, all those tormenting spirits that have been fighting your life and your destiny. Jesus sets in, and Je I'm telling you, they cannot stay. Because light and darkness cannot dwell in one place. The man ran to Jesus, naked, bleeding, with cuts all over his body. And Jesus said, what is your name? The one that was chosen to speak said, my name is what? Legion, for we are. Watch this. My name, singular, is Legion, for we, plural, are many. Uh, how can your name be Legion, but you're many? My name is Legion. So one is speaking on behalf of the rest. So we are many. So there were so many of them living in that man also. But one was speaking. Are you listening to me? So that is the case in many, the situation in many cases. As we can see right here in verse 24. What have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? We, uh, we know, or I know, he says, who you are, the Holy One of God. Say amen. amen. And can I tell you that when you go in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, demons also know who you are. I said, when you go in the name of Jesus Christ, demons also know who you are. Yes. Cancer know who you are. Yes. It don't matter. I'm telling you right now, you go in the name of Jesus, it is not you, it is Jesus that is in you. Hallelujah. When the Bible says you are the light of the world, it's because Jesus is in you. Because Jesus is in you, when you show up, devils will recognize that the greater power has just showed up in the place. Because you carry the glory of God on the inside of you. Amen. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah? Have you come to destroy us? 
Oh, they even know that they're going to be destroyed. The day is coming. Tell your neighbor the day is coming. Listen, don't, 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 don't lose heart. You see, wicked people do wicked stuff. Tell them the day is coming. There's a day. The man who does wickedness should not brag in his wickedness, thinking that I'm going to go scot-free, because wickedness cannot go scot-free. The day is coming when God's going to settle accounts. You do all kinds of things, not you, those that are not here. Uh, wicked people that didn't come to church. Uh, you, you do, no, really. You do all kinds of things. You rip people off. You rape people. You rob people. You molest people. You do all kinds of crazy things. You rob people of their wealth, their money. You swindle people. You do drugs. You, I mean, you sell drugs, not do drugs. Those that do drugs, listen, those that do drugs, listen, there's a totally different story with different thing with doing drugs and selling drugs. Okay? People are addicted to doing drugs. And God shows them love and mercy. Yeah. And I'm not saying God doesn't show mercy and love to those that are selling drugs. But those that are selling drugs are in wickedness. Mm -hmm. Because they are destroying people's future and generation. Right. A guy told me in his wickedness. This was many years ago when I confronted him. He told me, Pastor, I didn't, I didn't ask them to buy my drugs. You're selling drugs and you had the courage, you had the audacity to tell me you did not ask them to come patronize you. That is wickedness. The word wickedness is twisted. People are twisted and those, I'm telling you right now, people say, oh, you know, grace. Grace is not the cover up for sin. Yes, God's grace is there. And God loves people and God forgives people. But if people don't make the, the necessary adjustments on this side of eternity, they will burn in the lake of fire. There is a place called hellfire. A stupid video I saw on Instagram. The lady said, you know, there is no Christians deceive you using that whole thing about hell. You said, well, hell is a place where... No, listen, there are two words used in the Bible. One is hell, which is a place... It, it's, also, it's also called in the Greek Gehenna. But then there is another called lake of fire. That's why in the, I believe it's Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. It says, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So there is a place called hell. It's a place where people wait temporarily. It is not, it is not uh, purgatory. The Roman Catholics say there is a place called purgatory where if you die, maybe you, you, you did not fully do righteousness. You still have some righteousness, but um, it is not complete yet. God will send you to purgatory. And when you get to purgatory, you will now start working. And if your sin, the small ones you have, you know, you put on a scale. Here's your righteousness. Your righteousness outweighs your unrighteousness. But for this small unrighteousness, you go to a place called purgatory and you will have to pay for that small unrighteousness. It might take you five years. When you complete paying for those unrighteous things you did, then you will, try, you will get into heaven. That, has, that, that doctrine has, sent, has probably sent a lot of people to hell than you, than you can imagine. So people say, okay, so if I'm not very bad, I'll go to purgatory. And I will pay for my sin. 
God might just ask me to fill a river. God will empty out the river. And God will ask me to go fetch water from a well somewhere in, the, in, in that old region. And I'll fill the river. And the moment I fill the river, I'll complete my payment for my sin. And I'll go to heaven. It's crazy how people think. The Bible says, by grace are you saved through faith. I said, by grace are you saved through faith. It is not your works. It is a gift of God. Are you kidding me? You're going to pay for sin? If we could pay for sin, Jesus would not have come. Why do you think Jesus loved the glories of heaven and came down to earth? For this reason, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of darkness. That's why Jesus came. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. I must do the works of him that sent me now that it is day, because night cometh when no man shall work. So we know why Jesus came. He that sinned is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this reason, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy. So we know Jesus came to completely deal with sin and the consequence. For the wages of sin is what? Death. That's the consequence of sin. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life. In who? In your righteousness? In being a good man? No. It's in Jesus Christ. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. But see, 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 those that are in wickedness, twisted, they don't want to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God. And I, don't, I do not, listen, you don't even wish your worst enemy to go to hell. But there is a place called the, the lake of fire. And those that do not receive the sacrifice of Jesus, they will spend eternity in the lake of fire which burns with sulfur and brimstone. That is the word of Jesus. Not my word. It's not my word. Oh, oh, you know, Pastor God, we live in such a time now in history where we have to be doctrinally relative. We, we, have, to, we have to present it in such a way where, you know, we're not pushing people away. We can't be talking about all those fire stuff. You know, how can you say people are going to burn in hell fire for all eternity? Is God not love? Yeah, God is love. And doesn't send people to hell. People go to hell by choice. Some of you will get that next month. I said, God loves you, but God is not the one who sends people to hell. People go to hell by choice. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. Choose ye, you choose. I said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your children might live. Are you listening to me? So life has been given to us in Christ. And now I give altar calls in this place. And I see, what well, last the other week I gave altar call and, and people were hesitant. And I persisted. And eventually they started coming. It's interesting. So it means the Holy Spirit has been tugging your heart, but you don't want to come. You see, God will not force you to go to heaven. And I also want to say, neither will the devil. Going to heaven and going to hell is a choice. So choose ye this day. I want to say choose ye. You've got to choose. Life has been presented. And you have death. Why do you want death instead of life? Are you listening to me? So we will pick up on this. We're going to pick up on this. Because this is very important. Amen. This is very important. The stuff you see globally, 
all the wickedness you see. Don't listen. You've got to learn to judge things from the realm of the spirit. That, that's one of the things our psychologists and psychiatrists need to understand. People have mental issues. Uh, they think it's just me, uh, 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 health issues, medical issues. So many of these mental, psychological issues are demonic. Are you listening to me? The devil exists and his demons exist, period. And they come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. Amen. Amen. Yes, Jesus came that you might have life and you might have life more abundantly. So what Jesus Christ has brought to you and I is abundant life. And if you have not received the abundant life in Jesus, today is your day. First and foremost, he wants to set you free from sin and the power of sin. Sin has power. Sin has power. So when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he does not just set you free from sin and from the consequence. He also sets you free from the power of sin. But you've got to come and receive this free gift and you've got to receive it by faith. Can someone say amen? amen. There is sin. There is a power of sin. There is a consequence of sin. Say it with me, there is sin, the power of sin, and the consequence of sin. These three things, Jesus Christ delivers people from. We don't just listen to me. See, coming up and saying the prayer of salvation does not bring you into a Christian club. So we don't call people up to say, hey, come say Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, I believe. And then leave and go leave anyhow, do whatever you want. No, he saves you from sin, the consequence of sin, and the power of sin. So when Jesus comes into your life, my brother, the power of sin will be broken. Praise God. And the grace to work out your salvation with fear and trembling will be given to you. Can someone say amen? amen. 